wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! Gridiron guys, your home of the NFL south of the equator. Back this week for another big episode of the podcast. This week we are checking out the NFC East. Cammy B, how you going, my friend? Good, thanks, Zach. Episode six. Didn't think we'd get this far, but we've done pretty well. Mate, ripping and a tearing like always. Beautiful. How do you catch my ass? What the? F- All right. So I think just to sort of start us off, we might sort of run into a bit of breaking news that's coming through. Bit of hype on the media this week. Russell Wilson come out for the first time since the start of the offseason and said that he did not actually request the trade as much as everyone believed or so. So I think, you know, obviously he was definitely not happy with the way that last season ended up for sure. But I think possibly through a bit of Chinese whispers and all sort of that, I think people got a hold of the fact that, you know, he probably he wanted out, whereas I think he just wanted to, you know, make some changes and, and start this year on a better foot and make it back to the playoffs or go further in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's what I always like to say. Seems like he's disgruntled and he wants out. I think the narrative just keeps getting pushed. It's good that he's come out and said that now. And I think they're built like they are trying to build around him and they always want to keep him. I don't see him wanting to go anywhere else. I think the media just loves pushing that and loves sort of creating a story out of nothing. Yeah, that's it. It's a bit like that anyway. I mean I know sometimes when there is smoke there's fire, but I think, yeah, on this side, it looks like Russell's pretty happy. And by the looks of what they did in the offseason, they did enough to sort of keep him around and, you know, make things and get that next sort of step this year coming into the season. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be dangerous this year, and I think they've helped him out, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Another bloke that's uh, been caught up in the media this week is Le'Veon Bell. Now, again, this is possibly a bit of Chinese whispers as well, and he said, she said. But he's also come out this week saying that he would retire before playing for Andy Reid again. Interesting stuff. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Like, everyone seems to quite like Andy Reid normally. So, I mean, he must have had a pretty crap time in Kansas. So, I don't know what's been done to stir him or cause him to say that. What do you think? Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, normally you don't want to – you want to believe the player because, you know, the, the franchises can be a bit pushy and bully. And he was sort of left out a couple of times. So, maybe he did have some dif- disagreements, disagreements, excuse me, with Andy Reid, you know, especially when sort of Clyde was out for a while of injury. You would think that Bell was the next guy up, but he was left out multiple times. And I don't think he even suited up for the Super Bowl. But it's one of those things where I'm looking at Bell's recent history. Ever since he sat out that year with Pittsburgh, he sort of hasn't really had, you know, many ceremoniously, you know, leaving clubs very very happily, to be honest. For use of yeah, pepper. I think the issues have kind of followed him around after he left Steelers and then he went to he went to the Jets, didn't he? Didn't yeah. have much success there and then obviously yeah. went to Kansas in the hope probably to chase a ring maybe. Um, but I think issues have just seemed to follow him around his, for, for his career. I think maybe he believes he's better than what he is or what he used to be, but yeah, I don't know what happens with him now. Yeah, it's just one of those things, especially when a few of those guys from the Chiefs did come out in support of Andy Reid and sort of saying that, you know, guys like Bell are just not happy when they're losing. So I think that could be about it, really. And it'll be interesting to sort of see where he ends up this year. I don't believe, is he on a roster yet? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I can see him probably landing somewhere. Someone will throw money at him, but we'll watch this space for that one. Interesting other bits we've seen is mini camps have been starting all around the league at the moment. There's been a few guys sitting out of note. What do we see? Stefan Gilmore, Xavier yeah. Howard, obviously Aaron Rodgers, some big names. 
Yeah, and I know a few of the boys are trying to play sort of um, AJ Brown. So I know, know Jalen Ramsey was out there trying to recruit Gilmore today out yeah, on the socials. Right. <laughs> yeah, he loves trying to recruit. So it's pretty funny when those sort of things happen because you see players come out of the woodwork trying to recruit these guys. But I think they're just trying to finesse some more money out of their organisations. Obviously, they believe they're worth that, but they're just trying to push for those extra dollars. Jamal Adams is another one as well. Yeah, well, and I know I think everyone knows that their time in football is not in infinite, so they need to sort of squeeze as much out as they can before they finish up. But which is fair enough because they do sort of put their body on the lines their week in, week out, and they it is a pretty tough sport. So you can sort of tell that, you know, the potential of them getting that sort of money ever again is pretty slim to none. Yeah, well it's pretty fickle, I suppose, when we've talked about injuries in previous episodes and that like Juwan James, that can end up ruining your career and losing your money. So I can see why they try to push for those dollars, but we'll just see what happens with those guys. That's it. Well, I think that's about all for the breaking news. We might get into this week's preview, which is the... BYU gets lined up as fast as they can. Now 34, Wilson going deep. Wilson toward the end zone, and it is caught! Mill touchdown! All right. This week, as we mentioned, the NFC East, the probably... For use of a better word, the dumpster fire division of the NFL the last maybe couple of years, especially last year, as it was was statistically one of the worst years for a division with uh, the newly named football team managing to take out the division even without a minus 500 record, you know, not even going positive. That's been pretty much says it all. Yeah, the NFC least, as I think they like to start calling it now. (laughs) I think you're right. It's probably, I think collectively, it was one of the worst records ever in football. I think there was one worse, like NFC West in 2008. Or something like that, but there, this was a bit of a dumpster fire of a division last year. With yeah, as you said, Washington, without much really at quarterback and leading them across the field, they got to the playoffs. But yeah, I think I don't know. We'll see how it goes this year. But what we, what happened last year? So look at that. Yeah, well, I think you mentioned sort of Washington, and yeah, definitely their QB. They were just like a turnstile there. You know, Alex Smith was coming back from that injury, so he sort of played haphazardly. They were supposed to be running with Dwayne Haskins as their number one guy, but again, he was just he was in and out. He was never able to sort of cement a starting spot. And then they also had Taylor Heineke, who ended up coming in in the wildcard round, who actually played very decently and made herself a few fans. Yeah, they actually went pretty good in that game. I was having a look at that earlier, and they were, they, with four minutes to go, they were down by five against Tampa Bay, who ended up winning it. Like... With Tyler Hand- with him under center, like that's a pretty good effort. So I suppose that signs those promising signs for Washington this year, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the main thing was sort of their defense. They had quite a good quality defense, especially with rookie Chase Young dominating all year. Like he was elite. You you couldn't find a better rookie, I think, outside of sorry, even a couple of the QBs. I think he was probably number one rookie. If you went to redraft that year, I'd probably go Chase oh, Young or number one. For sure, he's going to be solid in that defensive front for a long time to come. Like, he's very good. I think probably the biggest story in the NFC East last year early on was Dak Prescott going down with an injury. I think that kind of cooked Cowboys season. And, like, we'll see how he goes this year. Yeah, well, that was a pretty severe ankle injury down in week five, as we sort of said. that Because they started out like a house on fire. Like, Dak was throwing ridiculous. I think he got about, of those five games, three of them he threw over 400 yards. He was taking about, like, 40 to 50 attempts a game. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah, he was Um, on track for big numbers, wasn't he? Massive. So, And when you sort of consider that, you know, three out of five, that fifth game was when he did his ankle. I think it was in the first half. So, you know, that's pretty good numbers considering. But... It definitely changed the narrative of their season with sort of Andy Dalton coming back in. And again, Andy Dalton's an experienced QB, you know, but he's 
he's not a starter anymore. He's not that quality starter. And even with sort of their wide receivers who were pretty good, they were elite. And so was CD Lamb. That was his rookie year as well, wasn't it? But he was just there to sort of just, you know, help them get through to the end of the season. And they were sort of going to restart again with Dak, who looks to see to start this year. Yeah, absolutely. And then what that leaves us with Giants and Philly, really not good seasons for them, was it? No, not at all. I think um, Daniel Jones, again, under centre, he just wasn't able to stand up to any of the critics. Ever since he's sort of been drafted, he's never really looked like the guy, has he? He was sort of like almost a Mitch Trubisky-type draft, and you just sort of went, why? Yeah, look, I mean, we'll get into this later, but I think they've sort of put the weapons there and see what he does this year, but we'll get into that when we talk about him. Yeah, correct. And then finally, as we sort of mentioned, the Eagles, that was supposed to be the year of Carson Wentz coming back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nick Foles had been traded on, so it was it was his team. You know, he had no distractions yeah, sure. whatsoever, but let's be honest, he blew his opportunity, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't do too well. They obviously picked the wrong man at wide receiver in the draft. They lost Wentz and then had to put in Hurts, and they just didn't have a very good season. I think they were pretty injury-riddled, but they were also very poor at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, they were. There was an actually interesting stat. They had about, um, with the injuries, the Eagles' offensive line, they had about 15 different combinations starting each game. When you consider that, well, I think there was only 15 games last year, wasn't there? One by. (laughs) That's right. I don't think they had this. They probably didn't have the same line for any game, I reckon. No, and that, you know, just same with anything. If you just don't have that sort of consistency throughout the year, it's never going to work out. You know, new guys coming up, they might know the players or they might have learned them the week before, but it's not going to be the same as if you're standing next to that guy week in, week out, is it? So it just never helps, really. And it did end with their Super Bowl winning coach getting fired. So that's what three years removed from a Super Bowl. So, Oh, it's huge. A big change from then to now. Like, it's big problems in Philly. The rebuild with under Harry Roseman and see how they go. Uh, I guess that brings us to end of 2020. So we look at our predictions and breakdowns for the 2021 season. Right, I think let's kick it off with the Cowboys. Uh, I have the prediction for the Cowboys coming away. They're going to win the division in my eyes, um, and they'll have a record of about ten wins and seven losses, just a bit over five hundred, but you know, not enough to look elite. Yeah, I've got them winning the division as well. I've got them at nine and eight, so one game difference. I mean, neither here nor there between us. Um, I mean, their situation is interesting this year because they do get Dak Prescott back and he's, what's he on? A four-year, $160 million deal. So yeah, he's Dak on the big dollars. And what I think I saw that rakes him fourth in the, out of the top 10 highest athletes, paid athletes in the world at the moment, above LeBron and a few others. Yeah, well, I think is that also, and he's just signed that new deal with Jordan, wasn't it? As he the only he moved QB, across the Jordan he? brand, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty big too. So there's got some big dollars lining his pockets. But I think can he produce coming back from that gruesome injury? I know that's going to be hard to come back. Ankle injuries are pretty pretty tough. Yeah, and his was awful, wasn't it? Like it was a clean break. Uh, so obviously they are aware of what sort of money they're giving him. So they're under no illusion that it's a risk, but they must have some idea that he is going to come back at least half decent. Uh, I mean, as we sort of mentioned, he basically started last year really well. So I think... All stats aside, it's basically going to be how does he hit the ground running week one, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big question mark on Dallas at the moment because I think their offensive line strengthened back up when they've got some of those blokes back and it's just going to see how he plays because looking at their uh, running back situation, they've obviously got Ezekiel Elliott 
and he was pretty dominant come his rookie year. And I think we talked about it last week that he's regressed every year. Not that he's a bad running back. He's, he's bloody good. But is he that like number one go-to guy for the next few years? Like he's got to sort of pick up where he left off. Yeah, he just hasn't had that lights out sort of season. You know, last year he did almost hit a thousand yards and almost 250 rushing attempts, which was the fifth in the league. So he does yeah. definitely truck the nut heat. But yeah. he struggled with fumbles a bit last year, both in the running and the passing game. He sort of had a fair few last year. Uh, they do have Tony Pollard who returns as RB2, but you would assume that all the heavy lifting falls onto Zeke's shoulders. Yeah, I think so, because I think with Dak, with Dak back in the offensive line strengthened up, I think that might improve his game. So I reckon that could help him. I think so as well. And they were quite they had quite the combination, him and Prescott, for those sort of short dump-offs to get out of trouble and create some of those yards. And especially some of their yeah. screens were quite damaging down the track. Yeah, that's true. It, does imp- it could very well improve his game. 100%. Well, speaking of throwing the ball, receiving, geez, oh. it's, it hasn't really changed too much, has it? But why would you no, really? Correct. That's right. Looking at the top three guys, what have you got? Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb, like all very quality targets. Yeah. And you consider the numbers that they put up last year. As we sort of mentioned, Dalton was the QB, but I think pretty much all three almost had, if not over, 1,000 yard seasons like that. It's just ridiculous from three different blokes to do that for the whole year with sort of like, as you would call, a backup QB. Oh, 100%. If they had Dak thrown him for the whole year, they all would have eclipsed a 1,000 yards, I would say. Yeah, and touchdowns galore. Those boys love him. I think Amari Cooper is going to lead them again. He's sort of, ever since coming across from the Raiders, they've sort of expected those big numbers from him. And he did sort of deliver that a bit last year, but I think this is (laughs) the year that he just breaks out. Oh, definitely. I think offense might not be an issue if Cooper's, oh, sorry, Prescott's back and he's good. It's the defense. Last year, I reckon they probably had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So they went out and hired Dan Quinn and sort of picked up a few pieces across the board on defense. I know Demarcus Lawrence is trying to get back to his best, but they did what they draft Michael Parsons in the first round. Yeah, and then spent the next five picks as well on defense. So they basically, Jerry Jones went to the draft for defense, defense, defense. That was it. Yeah, which makes sense. Absolutely makes sense because they were a bit of a basket case on defense last year. Absolutely. And I'm interested to see Micah Parsons because I think that he could easily be in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. We do, He didn't play last year. He sat out the year due to COVID, which we're sort of seeing with a lot of those boys. So I don't think it's going to hamper him too much, but I am interested to see how he translates into the pro game. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I think that wraps us up for the Dallas Cowboys. Right, on to the next Washington football team. Still without a new name. I think they're sticking with the football team again. Uh, This year, I have them in coming in at five wins and 12 losses. Yeah, I think that's a bit lower than me. I think I've got them seven and 10. I think they probably, I think it's around the same, similar to what they got last year in the end. I think they were seven and nine to finish the season. Mm-hmm. So seven and 10, I can see their ceiling being higher purely on the fact that their defense is probably close to top 10, top five. Like they have a very solid defense. So it looks like they've gone out and grabbed Ryan Fitzmagic, haven't they, in the offseason? Yeah, the genuine NFL journeyman. I think he's got to be number one for the most teams played for. I think it was something like he's played on. 20 or 30% of the actual teams in the NFL, which is a bit ridiculous when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. He is a massive journeyman because, I mean, he's everywhere he goes, he's very solid. Like, he pulls out these games out of nowhere 
and just goes for big yards, lots of touchdowns, and then he sort of buys himself more time in the game. Quite good under pressure too. You know, a lot of time when that pocket is collapsing around him. There was even that one last year when he got caught in the face mask and still managed to complete that pass. But he's just quite good under that pressure and happy to sit inside the pocket even when it's breaking down around him rather than sometimes you just sort of see those QBs just sort of tuck it and run and then potentially, you know, get sacked or fumble it further down the line. Yeah, it's true. And I guess looking at the quarterback situation, I think getting rid of Ch- not Chase Young, what's his name? Uh, big guy from Ohio State. Oh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, that's the one. I couldn't think of his name for a second. That's how memorable he is. Um, so they moved on from Dwayne Haskins and they've kept Tyler Heineke. So I don't mind that because he was actually solid. So he could be a pretty good QB too and probably learn a bit under Fitzmagic. Yeah, I think that's probably what they're expecting from Fitzmagic. He's not going to come in as sort of an elite cannon thrower. He's going to be there as the experienced guy. You know, he'll probably end up being yeah. a captain essentially and things like that and just sort of leading the team. When I did look, I think Heineke is actually about 27 or 28, which you sort of think he's a bit old. But considering yeah. sort of the, when they sort of start from college and QB ages, it's actually kind of still quite green. So I think, yeah, keeping him as that second stringer and learning under Fitzmagic could quite benefit him potentially for the years over. Um, depending on what they sort of decide with sort of rebuilds and things like that. So, yeah, but yeah. to see what they do going down the line here. Because if I mean, if they do all right this season, and then they might try and trade for a already good, a solid prospect, or they go to the draft if they don't do so well. Yeah, looking for that franchise QB essentially. I don't think they have. Yeah. yeah. Well, they got the two Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick returning to the backfield via committee by the looks. I think they both worked well in tandem last year, but you'd yeah, see Antonio Gibson, Gibson being the leading leading man. Yeah, he was a shining light for them, I thought, last year. Because that was his first year, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he was one of those ones that came out of the drafters, a few running backs that went pretty well last year, and he was one of them. I actually don't mind him. And I think they drafted some guy, I can't remember if he's out of Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson. Mm. He's probably way down the list at the moment, but he threw out some massive numbers in college games for Buffalo. So he'd be one to watch out for moving up the list. But yeah, you're right. Like McKissick and Gibson is not a bad running back committee. No, exactly. And with Washington's decent O-line, you expect them to look at pushing the ball up as well to take that sort of pressure so Fitzmagic doesn't have to throw as much and things like that. So they'll definitely be trying to grind. I, I see Washington really trying to grind out games rather than sort of looking for the long plays a lot. So you can see them trying to run just looking for those two to three yards every sort of couple of plays and just see them wearing out those defences as much as they can. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. I think you hit the nail on the head. But I think they've actually built quite a nice wide receiver room here. Terry McLaurin, they've uh, they picked up Curtis Samuel from the Panthers, who I quite like. Uh, Kelvin Harmon. And they've got one more they drafted, that Diami Brown from North Carolina. So they picked up one in the draft as well. But I quite like that room. Yeah, and they also have the tight end Logan Thomas as well to just sort of spread it out a bit. So he's quite a big boy too. So they definitely have the options for him. I think, again, it'll be more of that narrative of whether Fitzmagic can avoid the turnovers and get the ball to them, which he has sort of struggled with sometimes in the in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I think looking at where they went in the draft, I think their first pick, I think, was that Jamin Davis. They grabbed a linebacker. And they've just put more strength on that defensive side of the ball. I think they're really banking on Ron Rivera loves his defensive side of the ball and they've really strengthened that up this year. Yeah, well, they did replace Ronald Darby, who left with William Jackson three. Um, you yeah. do talk about that Jamin Davis at 19. The interesting thing with him out of Kentucky was that he did only play that one year as a starter. So I think that's probably only the question mark that puts over his head. But, yeah, you know, good. still being a top 20 pick, there must be something looking at him. So it'll be interesting to sort of see how he comes out. Yeah, um, I think they have the capability to win that division. They could beat the Cowboys depending on how Dak goes, but I think yeah, it's a toss-up between those two for me for the division. 
Yeah, and I think you find it's going to hinge a lot on their playmakers really in those sort of spine spots. they got a fairly decent team overall, but it's whether those guys with the footy in hand can actually make the plays. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I think that wraps up the football team. On to the next one. Third down and five. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh, my God. Giants, 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 New York, the team in the eye of the apple, they are, it's those sort of teams, that two-team town that, you know, make it big in the media, but they just have been crashing and burning these last couple of years, haven't they? And I see them continuing that string with a record of 4-13. and 13. Yeah, the big blue men aren't jumping up the ladder for me this year. I think they'll improve. 6-11 um, and 11 I have their record at. Also, again, this is one of those divisions, like this division, they could all be, they have a ceiling, quite a high ceiling, but also a low floor. Like any of these teams could really struggle. So I think, yeah, having them at six and 11s, I think is pretty fair. But yeah. we'll see. Well, I think I found a lot of the time when I was trying to pick out these fixtures, I found a lot of them beating each other in their own division. So I sort of found, you know, yeah. they might go three and three and things like that in the own division. Just the home team would sort of get over the top because historically these games are quite good into division it's just once they go outside that's when they get pounded they've got some of the better rivalries like these games are quite good when you actually watch like when you watch them outside of their own division they can be a bit bit (laughs) but within their own division these games are very fun to watch absolutely philly cowboys come at me every day of the week yeah 100 i do enjoy those so i mean looking at the quarterback situation we did mention him earlier daniel jones make or break year really let's be honest yeah 100 it is make or break for him He had a poor 2020, let's be honest. Um, 11 TDs, 10 interceptions, and he was sacked. It was about 45-odd times last year on only 440 dropbacks. So that's almost like once in every 10 dropbacks you're getting sacked. Yeah, that's a tough thing. It's like the pressure that he copped does make it sort of hard to view how good or bad he was. So that O-line probably really struggled. I don't know if they really did much to sort of strengthen up. I know they picked up Andrew Thomas the year before, and he's been really good. Um, but yeah, the, I think the highlight for him was that 90 yard run with him tripping up at the end of the close to the end zone. That was probably one of his best things for the year. And to be honest, would you like, would you keep that as a highlight because you missed the TD or because of the run? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, a bit of really both. Would. I think kind of funny both ways. <laughs> That's it. But I think definitely, like, his obviously his offense come back, and I think a big, a big change will be Saquon will come back and will take pressure off him because once. I suppose last year they sort of knew that they weren't going to be able to run it effectively without Saquon. So that sort of at least puts the defense in a little bit of two minds now that he's back. Yeah, because I don't know what they really ran with last year after he went down. Like, I can't remember who sort of took the load, if it was that Wayne Gorman or not, but he doesn't look to be there anymore. Saquon, getting Saquon back is pretty huge for them this year. Yeah, I think exactly. That sort of changes how their style of play and it could help Jones sort of develop into that passer that they're looking for so it's huge getting him back because i mean what did he first year he had 2000 all-purpose yards oh my god he was just elite as we sort of talk about sometimes those rookie years out of the running back they got one or two years where they just dominate but saquon looks like he's ready to dominate for the long haul here it was just that unfortunately he only took the field twice last year before he got injured Yeah, I think that's the risk. That's what people said. Picking him pick two was a risk, and then he kind of threw that in the bin. But then, yeah, only two games last year kind of hurts that and makes it almost look like, oh, did they waste that pick? But I'm actually kind of hoping he comes back this year and dominates again. I like I like watching him play. 
that's what it is, isn't it? He's just a beauty to watch in the game, both in the running and the passing. God, some of those catches he can make out in the field, which is what you want your running back to be able to do. So, and it's just once he gets to full stride, some of those touchdowns that he scored previously, that man can eat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we're talking about passing to him, as well as opening it up for Jones, they really went ham in the uh, offseason, picking up Kenny Golladay, who was a pretty sought-after target out of Detroit. Mm. And then backing that up, Slayton's just sort of been improving year on year. And then picked up Kadarius Tony in the draft. And they also have John Ross, which I didn't realize. I know he sort of didn't live up to expectations at Cincinnati. He has that pure speed. So it'd be interesting to see what he does maybe in the slot here for them this year. Yeah, and as you said, it adds to their depth as well. They've still got Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, mm. but they did lose Golden Tate. You know, I think they probably upgraded with him though because Golden Tate's sort of, he's quite elite still, I think, but he's definitely on sort of that downward decline, really. Yeah, 100%. I think you agree there. But And I didn't realise, and I saw that they picked up uh, Kyle Rudolph too, so they kind of have that double tight end package there that some teams run with like the Ravens and a few others. So they could be using blocking so they can probably run through that run game a bit better. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely looks bodes well for them. And I think, as we sort of mentioned, they did do a bit of trading in the draft. So they did a bit Mm -hmm. of work. Um, They traded down from number 11 to 20 to add an extra first rounder for next year, which I think basically is sort of that safety pick of like, okay, this is your final year as a starter. If you get this, fine. But if not, we tank for the rest of the year and we get a top round pick next year yeah i kind of rated that move from them because i saw that was it cowboys traded with philly which is a rare move within the division so that they were kind of looking at devonta smith and once that didn't happen and philly grabbed him they kind of changed their whole plan so they traded down as you said grabbed Kadarius tony and then grabbed azizo jolari who dropped down the board who was predicted to be i think we both projected him to fall in the first round so i think they did pretty well yeah, exactly. So, but they'll definitely, again, as we sort of said, they're looking for that sort of next year, potentially for that franchise QB by the looks. All right. I think that wraps up the Giants onto the last place in the division. And they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Falls. Touchdown. Yep. Last place coming in off a tiebreaker with the Giants for myself. Uh, I have the Eagles also scoring a record of 4 and 13. Yeah, I've gone the same with you there. I've gone four and thirteen to be bottom of the division again. I don't think things are looking things are looking pretty bleak over in Philly, so I don't really like their situation. No, they're definitely just as we sort of mentioned before. You know, what is it? Three years removed from a Super Bowl, you really don't sort of see these fall from grace that often. Obviously, as we mentioned, there was a lot of injuries, but I think we look forward to them in the QB room. Jalen Hurts is QB one. But he's realistically probably one of the weakest starting QBs in the league. And considering their O-line is still in pieces, it's probably not going to get much easier. No, it's true. Jalen Hurts will be an interesting one this year. And I do see that they've got my man, Joe Flacco, uh, QB2, <laughs> the old man elite, Joe Smoke Flacco. and Joe. So hopefully he can get a run. I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, you're right. That O-line, which used to be so dominant, has kind of been yeah, broken up due to injury. And those guys kind of getting a bit older. Um So we'll see what happens there. Looking at the running back situation, I don't think that gets much better either. I think Miles Sanders can be solid. He showed flashes of brilliance, but he also hasn't been that number one guy's home run hitter. Yeah, exactly. They lean on him, obviously, but I think if they're going to have to look into the rushing, I think they may also have to lean into Hertz as well, trying to get him involved in the running game. Because let's be honest, that's where Jalen did his best work in college, didn't he? He was moving around dazzling guys. Obviously, we don't sort of see that translate that much into the pro game nowadays, but it's obviously worked for certain players like Jackson. Um, But 
I mean, yeah, if you want to get him going, I think that's the best way. You've got to play to his strength, essentially, don't you? So you've got to try and involve that in your rushing game. Yeah, 100%. I think he needs to sort of, He will probably play that Jackson style. I know he's probably, I don't know if he's a better thrower or not. He'll probably throw a bit. But yeah, looking, I just didn't even realize they've also got Jordan Howard, who's sort of that off cut from Chicago Bears, who was sort of really yeah. good one year. And then also on Johnson from the Detroit Lions, who again was like a second round pick. They've picked up these guys that have been thrown away from other teams that were touted to be good players. So it could be interesting what they do there. Yeah, look, and you never know. Some guys will play contract years and they will ball out. So it is always good putting that little carrot over the top of them to see how they go, really. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think looking at the wide receiver room, they picked up Devonta Smith this year. Do you think that's a bit of a contingency after last year? Where, not they didn't butcher it, but instead of taking Justin Jefferson, they grabbed Jalen Rieger. Yeah, I think they they thought they had it right with Jalen Rieger. But yeah, I think you got to admit that Devonta Smith is probably the best option in wide receiver out there, and that's what they wanted to go for. Um, yeah, look, again, it'll be sort of a question of whether they can get the ball out to Smith realistically because he is a great wide out, you know, um, reigning Heisman, wasn't it? Yeah, look, oh, I, I'm not really sold on this team at all. Um, I mean, those players can do some things, like Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rieger. They've showed flashes. I actually kind of hope Devonta Smith goes well, as much as I'm not a huge fan of the Eagles. I'd like to see him sort of prove people wrong. With He's not the biggest guy in the world, and he's quite skinny, but I kind of want him to see him go really well. Um, their defense, which used to be really solid, is kind of been broken up again. Their the cornerbacks, Darius Slay is really good after last year. So I don't know how they're going to be on the other side of the ball. I don't really know if they fixed it up a huge man. I did say they grabbed Javon Hargrave from Pittsburgh, who is mm. a very good player. So that could strengthen up that front, but I'm just not sold on the defense either. No, and they only really added Eric Wilson to the defense, but that doesn't feel like they added actually, they upgraded really. That was more than just a depth add addition really for the, to make the position. Yeah, Absolutely. I think for the Eagles, the most interesting thing for us is two Australians in this team, uh, Aaron Sipos and Jordan Maylada. Pretty good stories here. Aaron Sipos, what was I looking at? So he was drafted 75th pick overall to St. Kilda, played 28 games from 2011 to 2015. Then after that, he kind of got delisted and then he went to the Pro Kick Australia Academy. So I think there's a few guys coming out of there going to college and he was picked up by Auburn. Yeah, massive by him. And he was especially, he'll get the leg worked out this year for sure. Plenty of three and outs. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. If they're struggling, he'll get plenty of uh, kicks in. So I think after he went from Auburn, he went to Detroit, didn't really do much there. And then now he's been picked up by the Eagles. So we're kind of hoping he succeeds there. The other guy is Jordan Mylata. So he came from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I think he played under 20s there. And then he went to the International Pathway Player Program like a few of the other Aussies have. So hopefully he gets a bit of a run. It'll be interesting to see him as well. I think, you know, sometimes, especially punting has been sort of the Australian type of thing. There's been a lot of punters go over and kickers and things like that. Ex-Australian Football League players or, you know, VFL players and things like that. But it's always interesting to see actual position players go over there sometimes, especially through that international player program because they haven't gone sort of that college route. You know, they haven't, they've just sort of been taught this one-on-one with coaches. So they sort of, they look on it a little bit differently than those actual guys that have played footy throughout their juniors and things like that. Obviously, previous players like Val Holmes and, to a lesser extent, Jared Hayne have gone over and, you know, left sort of a sour taste. So it would be nice to see if a guy can actually go out there and, you know, play footy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. In terms of the punters always being the Australians in the competition, it's good to see those guys not in those positions, giving it a crack. And hopefully he does get lots of snaps this year. But I think Australians in the NFL is something we're pretty keen to watch out for and follow. Like, even if we don't follow that team, we're pretty keen to see how they track this year. Absolutely, yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for the NFC lease this year, or NFC East, as is better known. Um, so, Zach, thanks again for having me, and it was a good chat. Uh, it's been real, and it's been good. It just hasn't been real good. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.